Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Whiskey Throw Media Amateur Spotlight. We're here today with Gavin Towers. He's riding for the NSA Yamaha team. What's up, Gavin? How are you? Pretty good. How are you? I'm trying to recover after the Super Bowl. But uh, <laughs> uh, hey, man, appreciate you taking the time to do this. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Give us some background on you and where you're from. I'm from Pennsylvania, and I've been just riding since I was four years old and having a lot of fun with it. And then just been rehabbing lately just from an injury and then we're really excited to get back going this year i'm gonna finish out kind of my amateur career through these next eight months just doing um maybe some outdoor races definitely uh, loretta's and stuff like that so i'm really excited some background information just like i've uh, just been riding forever and uh yeah outside of racing what are your favorite things to do Outside of racing, definitely snowboard, which being home this whole winter definitely stinks. Watching all my friends go snowboarding and stuff like that. Love to play golf. I mean, like a lot of, of racers, um, wakeboarding and stuff like that. But now since this knee injury and I realize how much rehab goes into these these knees, the snowboarding and the wakeboarding, probably going to slow down a little bit. But yeah, those are probably my three favorite things outside of racing to really do. Yeah, and we'll talk about your injury in a little bit, but those things that you like to do, a lot of those things put a lot of pressure on your knee. So it might be something that you'll think about the next time you do those activities. Oh, for sure. I tell everybody that I'm like, man, before like snowboarding stuff, like hitting the jumps, like rails and stuff like that, I don't think about it. But now like <laughs> I realize how long an ACL takes and how much work gets put into it. And it is not fun. It's definitely not something I want to do. Like if I'm going to get injured, I would rather it be from racing and uh, then really anything else or doing something stupid. Cool. Hey, I have these this or that questions that are just fun and something I wanted to throw in here. So I'll ask you this or that, a couple different topics. So first one, YouTube or TikTok? Um, that's a pretty tough one. I'd probably have to say I, wa I watch a lot of YouTube, so I'd probably say YouTube. Music or podcasts? That's, that's another hard one for sure. Um. You know, I have, to, those are two different, like when I'm working out, definitely some music, but if I'm in a long car ride, a podcast is pretty good. So I'd have to say probably music. I do listen to more or yeah, listen to more though. What do you listen to on the line or getting ready for the race? You listen to rap or what genre are you listening to? <laughs> I listen to a little bit of everything. Definitely. I listen to some, some country, but that's definitely not what I'm listening to on the line, but probably rap or something like that on the line. Um, yeah. I definitely like I I like everything, but on the line probably more rap. Maybe some Eminem. <laughs> uh, I don't like I listen to some like his older stuff, but a little bit. Cool. Uh, pizza or tacos? Um, probably um pizza probably. And this is a controversial one: Coke or Pepsi? Coke for sure. Like after every uh, like. <laughs> Like a race or something, like I've been training for, you know, after uh, Loretta's is done, it's like a nice Coke, like not just some Coke Zero, but like a nice Coke and definitely better than Pepsi. Uh, sweet or spicy foods? Mm, sweet. I got a pretty bad sweet tooth, you know, after some races, you can kind of cheat a little bit. Yeah, no one knows, you know, you can, you can <laughs> just train harder the next day. And last one, football or basketball? Oh, football easily. I don't watch a lot of sports other than racing, like some some golf, but uh, um, 
I definitely like watching football more than basketball. Basketball, I find so boring. Yeah, Super Bowl is yesterday. Are you a Chiefs fan or were you rooting for the Eagles? Um, well, my picks have been pretty bad lately. We've been doing a lot of bets on racing. And then last night I picked uh, – I didn't really care who won, but I picked um, the Eagles and I lost that bet. <laughs> I did too. So we're in the same boat. And and also I'm a Cowboys fan. So that says a lot. So yeah, cool, man. Let's moving on. You were a, a team green rider a couple of years ago, and then you made the switch over to the Yamaha team. When did you start on team green? Um, I started on team green at, when was that? The, towards the end of 2019. So I think I finished Baja brawl. And so that's like September. And then I went out to California and that's kind of when I started with the uh, Team Green right before Monster Cup. And that was Monster Cup was actually my first race on Team Green. Were you on Super Minis at the time or big bikes? No, I was on Super Minis. I rode Super Minis for like, I was a two year deal. So it was a year of Super Mini. So it was pretty much from October to right as of next, the, the following year of 2020. And then from, you know, um, right after Loretta's to, like October of 20, what is that? One, 21 was what I fit when I finished my deal with Kawasaki. How were those bikes? Everybody looking at the, the amateur side and even the pro side of things, you look at those team green bikes and you think, man, those are the bikes to ride. Everybody wishes they can swing their legs over one of those things. How was it getting from, I think you were on KTMs before. How was yeah. it getting Kawasaki super mini? And then how were the big bikes? It was definitely an adjustment, but I, I kind of, uh, like I had a similar feeling of like knowing I knew what it kind of felt like because of I rode them when I first got on 85s just because I was a smaller kid so and they were a little bit smaller so they were just like easier to ride um and then I switched to the KTM but once I got back on the Cowie like I remembered how good they cornered and stuff but it was just hard I was huge on my super mini so I mean I was constantly breaking things like it was just it was hard but the bikes were good I can't complain like the team was awesome the atmosphere was good um yeah everybody there was super cool and then when I transitioned to the big bikes I really enjoyed the the 2020 I rode that for about like three weeks um and then when I rode the 21 that was I enjoyed the 20 I'd say more than I enjoyed the 21 but I rode the 21 obviously a lot more because that was the year I rode big bikes. But, um, but the bikes were great. Um, yeah, the team was great. I mean, it was nice. Like when you were at the bigger races, you could be under the rig. Cause I mean, that's what we all dream of, you know, when I'm on the, when I was on the super Mini in 2020, I mean, everybody had their bikes under the rig and stuff like that. So then the following year it was really awesome, you know, to be under the rig and stuff like that. And then I was the only B rider that year so it's cool running the yellow backgrounds I always wanted to do that and I made a bet with uh Ryan Holiday that if I won a championship at um what was that Mammoth then I would uh be able to run the yellow backgrounds and then I end up winning a championship there and I was able to run them but yeah it was great the bike's really good can't complain yeah and so you were there for two years and you had some really good results over those two years I after looking back and was it a mutual thing to and I know you're on the NSA Yamaha team now, but did you try to re-sign with them or were they just full or what was the reason why you left and went to Yamaha? It was kind of a little bit of a mutual thing. I knew, I mean, they have long-term commitments with riders and stuff like that. And it's hard when you come in, you know, two years. I mean, you have to cut, like, if you're going to overstep some of those riders that have been there for a long time, like, it's hard. I mean, you have to really, really, really dominate and, 
I had great rides, but in the same sense, like I just felt, I mean, they, they were going to go a different way and it, I understood it. Um, so we were, and I was also in communication with the Yamaha team. So it was kind of a perfect, it was kind of like, it was a, it was like, it wasn't a hard leaving. Like it wasn't any bad feelings. Like I respected their decision and, um, yeah, that was, that's kind of the best way I could put it possible. Um, but yeah, there's no hard feelings to, you know, Ryan holiday, the team manager or anything like that. Like I understand his, from his point of view and stuff like that. And there was no hard feelings really when, you know, I, it was going over to another team. I mean, we still, I'll still say hi and stuff like that. So, and stuff and go say hi to the Cowie guys. Like there's all, there's still uh, mutual respect. It wasn't like we left in a, you know, bad way. Yeah. That's when you, and it's, you have to learn the business side of things pretty young in this sport, right? Everybody's got to look out for themselves, but also teams. So you, you start to learn the business side of things really early. You can see things that are going on, but at least you had a spot to move to from leaving there. So it wasn't like you didn't have anything else. Who were your teammates with at Team Green? I know there's guys that have been there a long time, but was, was there anybody that was new that came in with you? Um, Not really. Everybody there was more a long-term uh, commitment. Like Chance had been on the team for, Chance Thomas had been on the team for you know, five years. Um, Reynolds, obviously, since he was on 65s. Ryder, since he was on 65s. Everybody there um more or less was there for a while and then when I jumped on you know I was there for just I mean two I was there for two years there was a couple of guys as I was um you know exiting that were getting signed like I know Preston base flu got signed for his uh, I don't know I think it was a year deal I'm not really sure what his deal was but you know he got signed and he got signed for the B B ride but I was moving up to A so it was just hard they weren't going to have two A riders and I understood that. And so we uh, were able to go elsewhere. And I'm really, I was really fortunate that the Yamaha team was, you know, there and uh, were able to pick me up and it has been, it's been pretty good. To, it's been really good since, uh, you know, that change. Yeah, that's cool. It is interesting that once you move on from B to A, the support circle gets smaller, you know, you know, it's kind of backwards than what you would think. You think, oh, the A, a class would have more support, but it seems like the B class and then once you step out of there, you kind of are limited to certain options. But yeah, talk a little bit about the Yamaha team. That's the team's fairly new, I think, in the last couple of years. How's it been going so far? How's how's the transition to the Yamaha? How are you liking it? Uh, as soon as I got on the bike, I loved it immediately. I had a, you know, a good. We raced a race before Minios, and I was I killed it. That was my first race, and I was really stoked on that. And then I had a good Minios. Um, a little up and down, but it was, it was a successful Minios, no championships. I mean, but I mean, I feel like I rode pretty solid all week. Definitely, you know, the top, in the top three, like a majority of the week. So the transition wasn't very hard at all. I really love the bike, the bottom, like, I really like the power on the bottom end and the Yamaha has tons of bottom end and the bikes are super fast handling really well. I struggled a little bit more on the 450 racing wise. I always could ride it, but it was so hard. I was struggling racing it. Um, and that team, our team really likes the 450, but um, at Loretta's, they were able to let me kind of decide what I wanted to race in the pro sport class. And I opted to ride the 250, which I think was the right decision for myself being, you know, a little bit smaller, but 
stuff like that. But yeah, both bikes, I mean, 450 and 250, really good bikes. I love the Yamaha, love the team, Danny, Ed, everybody over there, um, even Donnie from Yamaha. And then Jake, the he's now the crew chief because I mean he was he helps out kind of everybody with a lot of the big bike stuff mainly, just even my mechanic CJ now. But yeah, I, the atmosphere is really good. I'm really excited to go back down there and kind of be with everybody. Yeah, they have a really good platform starting off for those Yamaha bikes, 250 and 450. And you mentioned riding a 250 easier riding than 450. Do you feel like it's just easier to handle as far as like the weight and the power and you can go faster on the 250 or is it just something that, because you haven't spent a lot of time on the 450? I like during the week, like I just, I ride it so good and like, it doesn't matter. Like, and then I just, I don't know if it's my mental, like I just was not riding a very good, um, you know, racing. I would have my good, I'd have rides here and there where I was really riding the 450 well. It was just all dependent on if I was overriding it or not. It wasn't the the suspension. It wasn't really anything besides what I was doing on the bike, you know? So like there'd be days where I'd take the back brake off and put the clutch sky high and I'd be going faster than, you know, I'd be going a lot faster on the 450 than my 250. Um, it was taking those two things away. So it, it was more just me just kind of overriding the bike that I struggled with the most, you know, if I, um i was just more overriding it wasn't the the team doing anything wrong it wasn't the suspension guy it was more just me overriding the bike and making it you know react to different well i wasn't putting it in a higher gear not using the rear brake that was just kind of all those things put together led to some crashes i mean just stuff like that throughout my spring nationals last year and stuff like that Yeah, it's interesting when you watch Loretta's or some of these other amateur nationals, when you do ride the pro sport class, you see the mixture, some guys on 450, some guys on 250s, right? So that's cool. And I think riding the 250, because that's what you're going to be riding as you continue to move through. It's probably a good call. When did you sign with the Yamaha team originally? Originally, I signed, I think at the beginning of October, because my contract, I think, ended with Cowie in 20, like October of 21. So that's kind of when I signed with them. I came from California because I think I raced Cal Classic because they had it in October in 21. And then I drove, we drove um, across the country and we went to MTF. Like they're kind of, our team's kind of based right around there. Our shop is there. So that's when I signed with them. And then I was prepping for Minios there and just kind of getting a feel with the team kind of learning everybody, them learning me and stuff like that. And then, yeah, that's right when I signed with them though. Cool. And so what races did you race in 22 before your injury that we'll talk about? The races I did in 22 were started out. I did two, three futures events. I raced Anaheim two, which was, was good. I got a second and then I raced Glendale and I got third. I was actually, I was riding a lot better at um glendale than i was at a2 but i ended up crashing in the main but I, i was really happy with my progress from there and then i at spring nationals i just kind of i was riding okay freestone wasn't as good i wasn't riding as good and then went on to spring a ding and i was riding a lot better there um both bikes i mean i just was riding them both a lot better but i ended up catching my foot peg on the little hip jump in the back and I hurt my shoulder really bad. So I came back home, 
made sure everything was good, got x-rays and stuff like that. Everything seemed to be fine. I just needed a few weeks to just kind of heal a little bit. So I did that and then area qualifiers and um, stuff like that. But we went back out to California and then trained out there for a while, raced Mammoth. Mammoth was just a struggle. Like the whole year of last year, I was just kind of up and down. And um, that's why my team really and I talked about coming to Florida, Georgia, you know, like training at the farm and stuff like that. That's why they kind of wanted me to do that because I was just a little bit on the struggle bus, you know, for the beginning part of the year. Felt like my speed could have been better at places. I was just kind of overriding again and stuff like that. So when I came over to the East Coast, put about a month and a half of solid work in on the East Coast, training with the guys. I mean, it's you know when you're having a bad day riding with those guys because you're you're off and they're on and you really can see. So it it's good training with them, just learning. I mean, just watching them, those guys every day, and just learning from them, learning. I mean, you just learn a lot just riding with those guys. So, and then had a a lot better of Loretta's than you know the previous race, previous races of the year. Are you training with the star guys at the farm? Are you you riding with that big group down there? Yeah, we ride with all the pro guys. I, there's two of us from the NSA team that are riding with the pro guys. It's Logan Best and I. So, yeah, it's been really good. Um, so when they start riding outdoors again, I'll probably be going back down there and then trying just kind of doing the same program it's kind of a bummer I missed a lot of my supercross prep just even though I wasn't going to race pro this year I still would have liked to you know get a full off season and just preparation for when I do go pro for supercross but um, like you said riding with those guys if you're having a bad day you can get exposed pretty quickly a lot of those guys down there rip so it's probably a good experience to ride with those guys but I can imagine it's probably intimidating at times too where you're just trying to go out there put your laps in but you you can't really just put in laps in when those guys are out there just hauling the mail all day long yeah for sure yeah like I said you you know when you're having the bad day it was hard for me in the beginning I mean I hadn't really trained on the east coast for Loretta's in like two years so I forgot how grueling it is down there in the south and then uh you know the summer but once I got more used to the heat and stuff like that I had a lot better days leading into Loretta's than I'd say the beginning the beginning I was struggling a lot but I just kind of just did my thing didn't let it get too much in my head like I knew I was going to struggle a little bit in the beginning with the humidity the speed I mean I jumped in right their mid uh outdoor season so it's not like they're going it's not like the beginning of april when they're still getting the kinks out and stuff like that like they're full swing ripping so to learn that speed to get thrown into that speed was was tough but i uh, adapted to it pretty well adapted to the humidity well and um yeah it just led into a, a like a pretty successful loretta's yeah i looked at that what were your results at loretta's last year i think overalls was a second and then a sixth. Um, I struggled a lot at the day I won. I that was like my turning point of like where it went up to down. Like I won the moto the early. Or I think it was eleven o'clock, like midday moto. And then we had another one at five, and I ended up hitting a kid off the. We came together with a kid off the start, and I've never had this happen or even really seen it happen. But my front brake got pulled in, and I flipped over the bars. And then I just got up and I like, I charged as hard as I could for the full 25 minutes. Like I was smoked after 
I think I got up to eighth or something that really kind of screwed my overall in um open open pro sport but after that day I was just smoked like never really recovered just like body was just smoked after that day just I think it was just two hard motos where I was just all the way to the end just everything I had because the moto I won I mean a rider was coming towards the end and I had like I had a pretty good gap going into the final two laps and then I was just hitting my marks up until the last two laps and I think it just finally set in of what I was doing and like I was leading and then I have two laps to go like I'm that close and I was making some mistakes and I just gave it everything I had and then the second moto again at the end of the day like I just I gave it absolutely everything to get back to where I was it wasn't like you know sometimes when you have an easier moto where you can just settle in a little bit it was just two motos where I never could settle and I really was just smoked off that didn't feel anywhere near the same after those two races but finished out the week pretty strong and then finished with my uh, second overall and then the sixth overall just from that you know crash off the start and it's a weird format like you said earlier you raced at 11 and then five in the afternoon so yeah. it's got to be weird coming off the first moto and then waiting around five hours or so to the next race it's kind of hard to, i'm sure to recover and then get into the zone to go back out there it's kind of strange yeah, it's it's different, but I it was just it's I think it's harder when I get off the track, you know, at five thirty or six o'clock or whenever and it's dinner time and then like it takes me a while to fully get calm again. I mean you're off some adrenaline and then it's dinner time before you know it, it's nine o'clock and you're trying to get ready for bed. I'm still all anxious, like ready to roll. But yeah, and then but yeah, all in all it's pretty good Loretta's can't complain about that. And then after Loretta's how long after Loretta's did you race your debut at Ironman? Well, you were training for two and a half weeks, training down there at the farm, and it was going good. I was riding well, had some really, really solid days leading in. Confidence was getting higher. I knew, like, you always have a goal for yourself inside your head, but I knew I just wanted to go there and kind of learn, gain experience, and come out of there safe, but, you know, that's not how it, how it went down, but I can't complain. Like I still, I kind of got the first one semi out of the way. You know, I, I understood the layout, the combine helped out a lot last year, understanding the format and stuff like that. But yeah, it was, it was a bummer, but I still learned and um, yeah. Yeah. And before we hit record, we're talking about your injury before actually getting to Ironman walk everyone through what happened before and what you did to your knee and you still tried to race and walk us through what what happened with your injury um just a normal day I ended up tearing my ACL but it was off of three different moments I was just riding a normal day going through we got our warm-up done we're just doing some sprints like practicing some intensity and I think we were doing like a one two three or something like that I don't know but it was off of one lap and I sprinted and then came off you know you're you're, you're gassed. Like you just gave it everything you have for one lap and then you pull off and I'm was just wasn't really paying attention. And I, uh, I definitely will be paying more attention now getting off the track, but I hit a rock and just put my knee down and I just popped it. Um, just hyperextended it. And I went over to my mechanic. I was like, dude, I just need a, like a breather for a second. Like my knee's killing me. And then went out for like my two lap or something and came around and we went, I went over the timing jump and over jumped it by maybe three feet. It was just enough to where I landed in the pocket, but I was coming into the turn way hot. And 
slid, stood the bike up, and I just did it again, put it down. And I don't know. I don't really remember if it was Ben or not. I mean, I was just kind of in the moment, but it popped again. And I took the rest of the day. I was like, all right, I need to either just be done for the day and just let this thing heal. Or I went over and got some Advil and stuff. I, I might have, I think I finished out the day, but everything seemed fine. I think it was a, like a Tuesday. So I had off the next day and we ended up going for a, a road cycle. And I remember not being able to get the full motion. It took a while, like half the bike ride to get my, uh, my knee full range of motion of the cycle, but that should have been a dead giveaway right there. But I was just like, ah, oh, it's, it's fine. It'll get better. <laughs> so I slowly got back into my morning runs and stuff like that. And then leading in to Ironman, I had no real issues. So I thought everything was fine. Qualifying went good. And halfway through the first moto, I went into like a little dip area and it just gave one more good pop and went over to the medic unit after that. And they told me I had a 20 ACL or they, at least that's what they, they were like almost 99% sure. So I won the race, but due to maybe further damage, I decided there's no real benefit. Like it would be cool to go out there and gain more experience, but there's no real benefit. I already DNF the first moto. It's not like I'm looking at a great overall. It's not like I'm looking at the championship. Like there's, it was just no point of risking further injury. So decided to go home and uh, just get surgery done. So I had that done in September. And I've really just been working my pretty much my ass off from then doing tons of therapy, like tons of exercises. I mean, I had an assault bike, a skier, things I could do without using my leg to stay in shape. And then just working body parts I could, my arms, my core and stuff like that. And then now I've kind of gotten into back into cycling and running. So I'm at the kind of the, the stretch of being done with this injury, which I'm really excited about. I mean, this is a it's a gnarly one to get through. I give a lot of respect to Dino, who has been through like five of these things. Like these things, these things suck. Um, that's really all there is to it. They're miserable. But I'm excited to get back on the bike and kind of take it slow my first couple of days. I, and then once my six-month period is kind of hit, my doctor said I'm pretty much good. I was They were really happy with my progress at four months of how good I built my quad back. Because that's where I really lost the most muscle was in my quad. So building all that back and building my range of motion back took a lot of time, but it's all kind of come together and I'll leave next week and then head back down South. And then like a week later, probably start on the bike. Oh, so cool. So you're pretty much at the end of this. And so you started March, you think to get back on the bike? Um, I'm probably going to start riding like turn track and stuff. I think I'm going to try to do first day as the 27th of February and then March 9th is six months. So it puts me out for spring nationals, but the team understood and they kind of more eased my, I was so bummed, like missing that. But at the same sense, I didn't want to go in not ready. I didn't want to go out there and just get smoked because I'm not ready. That doesn't look good for me. And so it's definitely not what I want. Definitely not. I don't want that look on the team just because I'm not prepared. So with them being so positive towards you mean missing these races and sticking behind me? I was so happy. It was like a relief of off of me. Like just feels like a weight lift off my shoulder um, because they were so positive about it. They were definitely more positive than I was when I pretty much found out that at four months that there'd be another two. I was really bummed, but I mean, still six month is pretty fast for a ACL. If you're going to do it right, you can definitely come back earlier, but then you have that risk of, you know, redoing another 
like six months because you decide not to wait an extra four to eight weeks. So that's definitely not what I wanted because it's pretty miserable. Yeah, and those injuries are the longest ones in the, in the sport to get over. It seems like you tear an ACL and you're like, man, it's going to be a while. You see quarterbacks in the NFL tearing ACL, then they're already worried about making it back to the training camp next year. So you know it's a, a long road for that injury. But like you said, if you have to do it right or else you're just going to spend more time off the bike than you already have. So what are the plans for 2023 once you get healed up? Plans for racing and any pro races at the end of the year? What, what are what are your thoughts on 23? My kind of plan is just to get back going on the bike. Obviously, that's first and foremost. I'll be missing spring nationals. But with that being said, I'm just going to work hard. I'm going to try to do some just local races, get back into racing a little bit. I feel like just a little get some more race experience because I missed a lot, like between just the futures, the minios last year and stuff like that so just get back into that and if i feel ready i will do i'll def i either gonna do or maybe a couple nationals before loretta's or the combine at i think redbud has one before that is something like that i'm not sure just kind of gonna see what how i'm feeling if my uh, my motos are going good and with my body's in good enough shape how my knee's doing like i think everything will be good but just kind of going off that and then uh, race Loretta Lens, and then definitely going to do the last three nationals of the year. I think there's what 11 this year. So I think they leave Unadilla, Bud's Creek, and Ironman. So all, well, actually, I've never raced Unadilla, but I've raced Bud's and I've rode Bud's a few times. And then I raced Ironman last year. And I I really like Bud's Creek and Ironman. And then I'm excited to race, just ride a different track, ride something new at Unadilla. Yeah, that's cool. Circling back a little bit to the pro national you did Ironman, how was that? You qualified straight in the motos. What was the first practice out? What was going through your head? And was it surreal or were you just like, man, these guys are ripping? Um, I mean, I knew everybody was going to be fast. I mean, I was training with those guys, or at least like some of the top guys like every day, you know, Nate, Jaku, Levi, just everybody down there at the farm. So I knew everybody, like I knew kind of the front speed, but I think just more, it was really cool. I mean, I wasn't bothered as much by the fans. It was just, you. I knew I was going to have nerves, but they definitely got to me a lot. Um, it wasn't really like the fans that were making me nervous or anything like that. It was it was just like it being a first pro race. I knew they were going to be there, but they were def- like, they were there a lot. So it was, because I've raced, when I raced Salt Lake City for the Futures, it was packed, like stadium. I raced Monster Cup. So the fans never really like that much have bothered me, but. Yeah, I think it was just more racing those guys. You almost feel you don't belong in a sense, but you know you do. So that that was going through my head. Yeah, and I think it takes time to convince yourself that, you know, you're ready and that you belong out there. That's why I think it's really crazy when you see a rookie come in, like Barsha 2009, rip whole shot both motos and lead both motos, then obviously Eli Tomac, different animal. But when it's first yeah. race, I think that is just, those things are super impressive because as you know, going in there is like, the nerves and, and then thinking yourself, how do those guys pull that off? So it's it's pretty crazy to think about some of those guys that come in. One last thing I want to ask you. So you get through this year, 23, do the last couple outdoors, going into 2024. Is the plan in 24 to make a full push for Supercross and outdoors? Or what is what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think that's probably going to be my plan. Just going to try to do as well as I can this year to, because right now, I mean, Moving forward into next year, this team is obviously an amateur-only team, so I'm looking for, you know, a ride for 
the 24 season. So um, if that team believes that it's like, I definitely, that's definitely what I want to do is to race both Supercross and Outdoors next year, unless the team that I have signed with is like, oh, maybe you're not ready for Supercross or maybe do a couple Supercrosses and then the full outdoor season. That's up. That's up to how I'm looking on Supercross. I feel like I could be ready by, even if it's not West Coast, obviously that's a lot earlier, but East Coast and stuff like that. So it's just kind of going to see, um, kind of depend on myself, you know, how the rest of this year goes, how I'm feeling, how I'm looking, how Loretta's goes. There's a lot of variables leading into what could happen for next year, but that's definitely what I want to do. Um, going into 24 is to race Supercross and motocross professionally. Is there a possibility or a chance that you can jump from the NSA team to star for when you turn pro or have you had any of those talks or do you know if that's even a possibility? Uh, I mean, there's, that's definitely been, it's definitely a stepping stone, but you I mean, you have to be, you know, looking good enough in their eyes, which is incentive to myself. Like I need to, you know, hold myself accountable to put in the motos every day. It's a great opportunity to be in the eyes of every one of those guys, those star guys every day. It's really cool. They get to see firsthand every day. Is Gavin riding good? Is he doing this? Is he doing the proper things along with my team? I mean, that's more or less why they want to be there. I just, I mean, they know I'm putting in the work, but they like to see it firsthand and be there and ask how, you know, the day was. I mean, I go into the shop every day and they ask how everything's going and stuff like that. So it's cool, but it is a stepping stone, but you also need to be good enough to make that transition and to get that contract. It's not just like, oh, you're on NSA, you're going to guarantee, you're guaranteed a spot on the star team. Like you have to prove yourself. Yeah, they have pretty high expectations, and that's a pretty coveted spot. Back in the day, everybody wanted to be on PC, which is still a really good team. But now it's kind of switched to the Star Yamaha. You see guys get on those bikes, and they obviously are really fast. But yeah, we have seen guys get let go from that team as well, just due to performance, right? So it's like, yeah, it's a very coveted spot, but it also comes with a lot of expectations too. So yeah, of course. That's cool that you get to train with them alongside them, ride with those guys. That I'm sure that helps out a lot for you to, to just to judge your speed and, and see how you're progressing riding with those guys that are at the top of the class. Well, cool, man. I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Are there anyone that you want to thank? I know you're riding for the NSA team. Anyone else that you'd like to thank? Yeah, I probably think my my mom and dad and my sister for all their support. Um, I mean, they, they are, they back me 100%. I mean, if, if it wasn't for them, I would have, you know, be able to do this stuff. And then obviously Danny, um, Ed, Jake, my mechanic, CJ, the list goes on. I mean, Donnie, Bell Helmets, Monster Energy, and Mike from Monster, Moose, Alpine Star, Christian from Alpine Star. Another one of my big supporters is Wes Kane. He's like, he's like a family member to me. So he's always in my corner. Mobius, 100%. Dunlop. You know, there's there's a lot on the list. So I just everybody, I, I really can't thank everybody enough. I mean, this this injury has been hard and they've all stuck behind me. So it's really cool. And I mean, I wouldn't be able to do it if they didn't stick behind me. So it's really awesome. And I'm ready to perform for them this year. Well, awesome, man. Appreciate the time. Glad you're on the mend. And yeah, good luck for 2023. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I uh Appreciate the opportunity to, you know, be on the podcast and uh, kind of sh share my, my story throughout my injury because, you know, um, sometimes you just feel like in the injury, you feel a lot of people forget about you, but then you got, you know, a podcast to do and it's pretty awesome. So I appreciate the 
uh, message to do this and share how I've been doing. And yeah.